Shamai hello, my name is Sam Cook, the TV writer at Wales Online, and welcome to this podcast. Over the course of the next half an hour, we'll be hearing from some of this country's biggest stars, from where they got their big break to struggles that they may have faced along the way. In this week's episode, we'll be chatting to Welsh actress Kimberly Nixon. Kimberly Nixon, hello, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very well, how are you? I'm not too bad. I, I cannot believe it has been so long since we last spoke. I interviewed you at, at the Cardiff International Film Festival in 2018. Mad, isn't it? Cardiff International Film Festival in 2018. God, 2018 was like, it, it feels like a lifetime ago, like with the pandemic and I've had a, a, a baby since, do you know what I mean? It just feels like another life ago. Yeah. Like 2018 Kim thought she knew what tired was. She didn't. <laughs> oh, there we are. And you've now learned. Um, but one thing I realised from it, because looking back on it, so I was quite new to the industry at the time. But yeah. I realised that in our interview, I actually asked you the same question twice. <laughs> you'd, you'd answered it. I noticed. And I, and I thought I sort of just completely kind of just, I was in a bit of a word. And I was like, I asked you the exact same question. I was just like, what am I doing? I probably didn't. Because the thing is, you know, the, of, of being on the other end of it, we, like I, I was probably um, like really nervous and didn't know what I was saying. And just, so, well, why did I say that? That doesn't, uh, you know, and you do all that kind of thing. So, so uh, yeah, don't worry. They would have been, um, they would have been self-doubt on my side as well. Well, I've got more than one question today. So I think, okay. I, think, I, think we'll, I think we'll be fine. Um, so kind of the first thing I want to chat about, uh, Kim, is um, just some of your latest projects that you've been working on. I know you've recently done The Tuckers, you've done Life and Death in the Warehouse, you've done a lot of things kind of based in or set around Wales. Um, so kind of talk to us a little bit more about that and sort of the the, the recent things that you've been working on. So for a very, very long time, I never worked in Wales ever. I, I, I've always lived in Wales. I've never, I never moved to London, but my work was always in London or Manchester or, you know, everywhere else. And then coming home was, com- was sort of coming home to Wales. Um, and then suddenly just the the industry here just p- literally picked up. Um, and well, because, well, why wouldn't it? We've just got the most incredible scenery, I think, that that doubles for so many things. I mean, you you know, within half an hour, you you're in kind of dense forest mountains, you're in uh, gorgeous coastal beaches, you're in cities, you're in you know what I mean. You've got these uh, these amazing locations, so everything started to pick up really. And I I got the tuckers. I done a little Six Nations promo y. Um, comedy sketch with Steve Spears and is it Nigel Owen the referee I don't really know much about rugby I don't much about rugby either so uh, yeah surely yeah Nigel, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everyone was like all my family love rugby and they were just like mortified that I was the one who got to meet him and I had no idea what was, what was happening but we did a little promo thing and that and we we really got on really really well and then um and then when he just kind of got in touch and was like look there's this part it's she's called Lesh completely over the top valleys will you come in and do it so uh so I went in and, and read for it and auditioned for it and I remember Steve texted me later that night saying yeah you, you you've got it and I said no look don't say that because I know there's a million other things you know there's there's producers and channels and all these things I've got you go no I don't care no 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 you, you're gonna be lush it's fine <laughs> I was like okay 
So I got the tuckers, I did the tuckers, and then just a few things came off, off the back of that. I also did the left behind. And then, so that's the same people as Life and Death in the Warehouse. And also I've just done another, a, a Channel 4, a single drama, and it's called Consent. It's set in a sort of elite private school. I'm a teacher. And it's all around the idea of consent and teenagers and having smartphones and pornography and you know and how it wasn't quite like that when when I imagine we were we were in like high school um so that's the kind of same so I kind of I I worked with the same people so they were like we're doing another thing will you like will you come and do it we're doing you know we're doing life and death in the warehouse will you come and do it yeah of course we're doing consent will you come and do it and all these things were just filmed filmed in Wales and I know I was really lucky because when we filmed the second and third series together of the Tuckers which was summer 21. It was so jammy that we filmed mainly in Sengenev, which is literally just over the mountain. It was like a 10 minute ride to work. And it was my first job since having a baby. And it was just absolutely ideal because, you know, normally I'd be in London or somewhere far away and I didn't, you know, with a baby and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just got to, it just felt really natural to have a nice job at home with people I knew um but just th- one thing popped up and then it's kind of been a little run really how, how does it compare working in Wales compared to to London because you, you yourself obviously come from Wales and I feel like in this particular industry sort of everyone knows everyone and it's there's this quite kind of close familial thing yes and if you don't know someone you definitely know them through about at least yeah. like maximum two people yeah yeah they'll be like do you know and in the end you will end up meeting this other welsh actor or this other welsh uh, like crew person i love working with welsh crews cuz i just i think like especially with the valleys crew say on the tuckers and the kind of the kind of material that we're filming and we are from here there's like a shorthand of the the culture the sense of humor the kind of valley sensibility i try to imagine if we'd have filmed the tuckers in england do you know what i mean trying to recreate the valleys but in england with an english crew yeah no and you and i feel like you would definitely know about it if you'd done it wrong because yes. like, people like Welsh people are naturally passionate. And I feel like, you know, if, if anything is done wrong, it, well, you yes. see it all the time on Wales Online, but literally, you know, you look at the comment section on stuff and it's just like, yeah, oh, God, you know, um, but the Tuckers itself had such a amazing reaction. It continues to get such good reviews. What's that like to receive? It's scary when you're making something in your sort of home. When I say hometown, I mean like the valley setting, you know, with other Welsh actors with and you're just and you know, it's going to go out in Wales primarily first. And like you said, you know, Welsh viewers will let you know what they think straight away. So you sort of make it and you hope you're doing it a sort of justice. And then it kind of, you know, it it leaves you and goes out into the ether. And then we've just been having this incredible feedback about it. And I think it literally came at a time. So I think we filmed the first series summer 2019. And then it came out, I don't know, like in literally as the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. And everything was so grim and horrible. And, you know, you were stuck in and you couldn't see your family and your friends and all of this uncertainty and it was just this hot like half an hour of escapism you know it was it was just I, it's like lovely lovely nonsense <laughs> yeah 
And, and also for you, you know, because you range from doing different types of roles. So you, sometimes you're doing comedic roles, but sometimes you're doing the more serious stuff. Now, mm-hmm. just having you on social media, you know, you, you will see how much you love like Agatha Christie and detective <laughs> novels and all that kind of thing. So do you prefer the one over the other? I know I don't really. I think I do have a secret. I mean, d- drama, dramatic roles and and straight plays and everything is sort of where I came from that's what drama school was about that's how I got into it and most of my first jobs were that and it wasn't until Fresh Meat really that I because when I first got that audition through it was like I've been in period dramas and there's no way there is no way they're gonna like I have never done comedy before I don't know what this is and you know um, so yeah, I don't know. I do. I have a secret love of of like British comedy. Like that's my own personal um, taste. Like that's what I love to watch. Um, so when I got a chance to it with Sam and Jesse on Fresh Meat because they'd done Peep Show, which I was such a huge fan of, I kind of went to the audition just to meet them because I love that. And then obviously um, it, <laughs> it got out of hand from there, and uh, yeah. and Josie became Welsh and. Um, uh, yeah and all that kind of thing but I do I do love I do love doing comedy I do but they but every night when you've done like the tuckers for like three or four months like a really good dramatic thing like life and death in the warehouse it's just I don't know it flexes different muscles you know and it's it's um it's variety I, as well isn't it it's like it's yes keeping your mind at, when you're I imagine when you're an actor you know you you constantly want to do different things yeah, you do. And you want and you want to be, you know, it's very it's really difficult as an actor, I think, because you're you're caught between wanting to work. I just want to work. And then if you get typecast, it's like, well, I've been typecast, but but I'm working. But wanting to be seen as a sort of versatile and 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 be open, to, you know, you want people to see you for, for varying roles and things. So it's a kind of you don't want to get typecast. But if you are typecast, that usually means you've been working a lot so it's it's a weird tricky you know we're just jobbing freelancers you know we're always we're always after the next the next job the next wages (laughs) and I suppose for you it it must be really hard to go a day without talking about fresh meat because people (laughs) fresh meat following the series did you ever expect that it would reach that level of popularity it's so difficult when you make anything, how you, you don't know how it's, you know, it, you can have the the most amazing, I've since learned that you can have the most amazing experience filming something and it all seems so right and the chemistry and it's all fizzing away and then it kind of goes out and it's, meh, meh, meh. and then you can have an experience where, I, I don't know, you feel like, I, I didn't, I don't feel like I quite delivered on that or I, whatever and it becomes a huge thing. But with Fresh Meat, that first series that we filmed we all kind of fell in love with each other a little bit and got a bit obsessed with each other and we just had the most amazing time and we really put all our personalities into those characters and that the chemistry between those six characters and the chemistry between the six of us as actors I don't know it felt kind of it felt like magic at the time and I remember when we finished we were all just you know bereft (laughs) And then suddenly, oh, God, it's going on TV. Oh, we've just been having this lovely time, but no, it's going on TV. And it was like, is anyone going to get it? Is it just funny to us? (laughs) That's that's the other thing, you know, is it funny? Is it just funny to us? Is it just touching to us? And then obviously it did go out and then people reacted to it in exactly the same way that we did. And um, I get messages all the time, just how 
for some people, like fresh meat is their comfort blanket. It's their go-to. If they're feeling crappy, if they're feeling ill, they'll go and watch fresh meat for like the 50th time. And yeah. um, and I it's, love it's the, it's the relatability of it. It was going out around the time that I, you know, I was starting to go to university and mm-hmm. my friends were going to university. And I think people do relate to it in that way. I, I think so. And also out of all the things I've done, I think it's it's the one thing that really spans like spans the age gap, you know. So you've got like you've got people 18 going to university and they and they they do their first term and they watch fresh meat and they're like, oh my God, I'm watching fresh meat at the moment, but you know, it's that kind of freshness. And then you've got people who are maybe in their sixties who are like, wow, that takes me back to being in yeah. uni. Wow, that takes me back to bad decision making. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing as well. And you, you touched on how close you all were as a cast. It's one of those kind of rare gems on TV where you can tell that. You can actually see how close you guys were. So I suppose kind of my next question is, is do you keep in contact with any of the others still? No, I hate them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're hideous. Um, yes, no, we do. Considering that, you know, we haven't done the show... For, for for quite a few years now and that we are, we literally live all over the place like we you know um jack's in america a lot and a couple of the guys live in london uh, i'm wales There's people who live out on the coast and stuff so literally we've got so our lives are so different but i think that's what happened when we first met the six of us got together and we all came from such different backgrounds and we all we all had you know, we all had different accents. We all had different schooling experiences. We all had different entries into the acting industry. And yet that's what made it work because we would sort of challenge each other and, and all all that. So considering, you know, and obviously we've all grown up and there's marriage and babies and all sorts. We've got a WhatsApp that we regularly keep in contact. We try and do a meetup about once a year or at least once every two years. We did a big day out <laughs> where... Um, there was in a fresh meat episode where the revision for exams is getting like too much so they Mm -hmm. f it off and hire a barge and so that's what we did we went to London and we went and we f it off and hired a barge and we all took a picnic and got drunk and had the day together and it was just the most wonderful time so and then we met up again then for the 10th anniversary at the BFI which was which was amazing because it was kind of the first thing a lot of us had been to since covid so that was that was really great and we're supposed to meet up next month and literally after this i need to text them to tell them that i can't go anymore. oh really oh no. so you gotta you gotta make sacrifices and for I, that kind of fresh meat reunion i'd be like suck it up <laughs> i don't want to you know i don't want to do the job i know but it's a real like i feel they'll be fine with me because i'm just gonna say please go ahead and just have wine for me and um and yeah, I mean that's the that's the again that's the nature of this business. You know, you can't plan too far in advance. You never know what's coming up. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't know last week that n- next week, the week after, I'm going to be uh, in Budapest and Vienna filming and stuff like that. So you just that's just how your life is, and you have to like adjust very quickly. And you know, especially, and we're trying to navigate that now with having our son. You know, I can't just swan off like I like I used to you know you have to put like things in place and you have to all that so um yeah so we're we're kind of growing up and uh and yeah we're all very we're much more mature than we were when we, when we did fresh meat 
And and talking kind of about your career in general, why was acting always the thing for you? Why why did you want to do it in the first place? It was always the thing for me, but only inwardly. Like I was the only one who knew it. I was always involved in like school with drama and school plays and things, but a lot of the time I was backstage or like directing it or you know kind of doing things like that. I wasn't the one on stage like you know, jazz hands. I just loved amazing films and performances and I would watch them over and over and over again, um, which is probably where the OCD comes in. But I, just films I loved and I I would, how people could tell stories and how people could make you feel something and how, so that's why I love it when people tell me that like fresh meat is is one of their comfort things. It's their safe place because I love because I I know there's TV shows that do that for me, and I feel very honoured that fresh meat does that for other people. I love the idea of telling stories and um, making people feel things. And it, it gives you a platform being on a show like Fresh Meat or The Tuckers, where mm-hmm. people have had such a reaction to it. Do like younger actors kind of come up to you now and and ask for advice about how you got into the industry and and how how People you always ask for I just I've got I've literally got no advice no <laughs> advice to give because because I don't know I'm I'm figuring my my way through through this industry you know I mean you, there's certain things you can do like going to a great drama school um if you can get get into there I mean that obviously that's so you've got you you've got a good foothold you've got some amazing training you have access to when you're going to graduate to agents and directors and things like that and then you're kind of thrown out into this big industry especially if you know I went to drama school in Cardiff I live in Pontypridd you know I was thrown into the wilderness of the acting industry in London I had no idea what I was doing and you just wing it you just work your way through it as each thing comes up and you can't possibly predict like when I left drama school, I couldn't have possibly predicted that four years later I would get fresh meat. You know, like I said, this time last week, I didn't know next week I'd be having to pack a suitcase and, and go away for it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. there's no way of planning it. You just and you just have to trust your instincts and um and what feels right to you and and uh and it and and try and stay a nice person. I think that's been one of my one of my big goals it's easy to get swept up in it you can fall into it especially if you come out of drama school and you get a run of jobs and you start doing very very well actors are treated in a certain way and it took me a long time to realize um you know we we, we can be very like pampered on set um and you can take you can really let that go to your head and like oh I'm I'm am I a very important person that I didn't know about or am I whatever? And then you slowly realize it's not you. It's, it, it, I mean, it is you obviously, cause you, you, you're the part and it's important, you know, but the people running around after you is protecting your costume. It's protecting your makeup and your hair, because if pe- someone doesn't hold an umbrella over you and you mm. get soaking wet, that's hours out of filming time that they can't afford. Um, you know, th- that's why people are, they're all protecting their own work. And once you figure that out, you figure out you figure that you're just a part of the puzzle. But it can seem to young actors, I think, that, oh my God, I'm I think I'm a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and also I think as well, like it's about removing the sort of glossiness away from it and seeing it as a job. Yes, which I think I've always struggled with the glossy side of things. I I 
<laughs> shockingly. Um, I love making things. I love making productions. I love re- rehearsals and filming or, th- you know, whatever the, the process is and, you know, getting it all in the can. And then I often struggle with the press bit mm. and the kind of shiny... I mean, I hate the red carpet. I've always hated the red carpet. I've, I've, I've avoided it as as much as I possibly can. It's, I just don't feel very comfortable, but that's that's more to do with me than anyone else. But the, the, that glossy side of it wasn't why I wanted to get into it. It was the kind of meat on the bone stuff, you know. I wanted to I wanted to make stories mm-hmm. and create characters, and I don't know, meet like what when people watch you, you for them for them to feel something and for you to have done something meaningful you know and is that sort of the 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 biggest kind of pull for you as an actor is that is that the best thing about being an actor for you yes definitely I mean it's a tricky business it's a it can be a very brutal business it can be wonderful I mean I've gotten to travel all over the world in a way that I would never have been able to you know I went to a valley's comp I still live, you know what I mean? I'm not, I, I don't have any connections in the business. I don't come from money. I've got, I've literally got nothing going for me. And, um, but I've had these amazing opportunities through acting, which is, which has been incredible. But on the other hand, you know, like I said, you're always chasing the next job. You're always trying to stay financially stable. You're always trying to do jobs that mean something to you whilst trying to pay the bills, which is which is can be tricky. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to work. I remember leaving drama school and I that I just want to work. I want to work. I want to go from job to job and make each project as good as it could be. And I have done that, but then there have been times when I haven't. There's been huge amounts of space where I just haven't got a job. I can't get a job. Um and you start go, oh, you know, what am I gonna do? And then another and then an amazing opportunity comes in and then away you go. But um it, it you know it's um it gives you wonderful opportunities but it can be quite brutal being uh, an actor as well you can also experiment with other creative outlets and I know you've done that recently because you've got your podcast uh <laughs> in my brain um which is a fab title by the way it's bit. not it's not it I'm great. At- influencing no. him I see what you did there you were up all night with that one. Don't honestly. I think I was in the middle of the night with a screaming <laughs> baby, and I kind of at two o'clock in the morning. It was like, yeah, but I'll start a podcast. I haven't been on social media. I came off Twitter a long time ago. I didn't enjoy it, um, and I, and I was very private, and I didn't like any of that stuff. And then when I was doing the techers, there was a joke because I wore dungarees all the time, and they were like, you know, if you go on Instagram, you'll get free dungarees. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, if you go on Instagram, you know, and you're kind of people's whatever you're an actor and stuff you and I was like ah so I kind of went on Instagram to get these free dungarees which never materialized literally have never materialized what a, what a blag so became... what a sell I mean if anyone's not on Instagram right now listening to this then poof, they, they want to jump on it so that was kind of the joke and then when I went on Instagram and I, and I was filming series two and three of the techers and I was going through a tough time with postnatal mental health um very tentatively and very slowly, I started dipping my toe in <laughs> honesty, basically, and being honest and just putting it out there and not um, not trying to be super shiny actress. It came from being really upset one day. I had this tiny baby. I was in tears. And I just I said to my husband, you know, everybody else, everybody else does it so easily. Everybody else 
is just getting on with it. Everybody else looks like they're just, it's, you know, why is it, why is it, why does this feel so difficult for me? And he said, what do you mean by everyone else? What do you mean everybody else is, is um, taking to it like a duck to water? What do you mean by that? I said, well, you know, if you, I had like a, a very, I had like a private Facebook for friends and family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I said, well, on Facebook, you know, you see people with the, with the new babies and they just look so breezy and they look like they've got it all together. And he just turned around and said, if people looked at your Facebook, they'd think exactly the same. They think that you were just breezing through it. It really stuck with me and it really clicked. And I realized that the thing that was making me feel bad that I wasn't like everybody else, I was being part of that problem by only putting the shiny stuff on, on this is me and my new baby. This mm-hmm. is, you know, this is my post baby body and all that kind of stuff rather than is anyone else finding this hard? Does anyone else have these feelings and thoughts and and suddenly everyone's like yes oh my god yes 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 I do so the name came from me trying to be a influencer and dun- with dungarees <laughs> because I'd opened up more and more about my postnatal OCD and my OCD in general and then I started I kind of started writing some little blogs and articles about it and then there was literally in the middle of the night there was like would you like to do a podcast element and I just clicked it um so I went with this name, I'll regret it forever, but it became influencing my brain <laughs> because I was supposed to be this like Instagram influencer and it turned out that I was absolutely useless at it. And would you find that since doing the podcast and since, you know, as you say, being a lot more honest on social media, do you find that useful yourself? Has that helped you? Yes, is the short answer. I was really struggling and it w- went on for a long time. And it didn't seem to be lifting like everybody said that, that it would. And the amount of shame and sort of self-loathing I was dumping on myself because it was like, not only did I get, did I become unwell after my baby, but I wasn't getting better fast enough. And I wasn't, I wasn't doing it like everybody else. And so that I just started, what was the matter with me? And it was very like, you, you go very inwards and, you, and you're, you're also very isolated. You know, I had the baby during the pandemic there were no like mother and baby groups. You know, I don't have colleagues in the same way that, you know, you would if you you work in the same place all the time. It was a very scary and isolating time. And then suddenly I started putting little bits out and I started getting the most amazing feedback and messages from people saying, it's so great. The fact that you've that you as a person I've seen on the telly once or twice has said these sort of honest things about motherhood. I went to my GP today and told them that I was struggling and it's like, oof, wow. And it's because, and it is that thing of like, oh, it's not just me. It's not just me. And, um, and I think this like, especially kind of motherhood in the Instagram age, I mean, you're supposed to have a sort of full face of makeup straight after birth and a gorgeous photo and tag all the baby's clothes. And six weeks later, you should be, you know, like running half marathons and all these sorts of things. And it, and it, 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 I don't know. I just wanted to be more honest about what the actual experience is like. And sort of in the vein of being honest, um, we always end these podcasts with uh, two questions. The first question is what would you say to your younger self having now known what you know? That's so hard, isn't it? 
find a day where you can all go out on a barge with fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free up your schedule. Um, I would say uh, be less afraid. I think that would carry through from everything. I think, it, you know, from starting a new job to going to a, a work event, I would walk into the room with my head down, hoping no one would would not sort of notice. And now I've been through this um, very intense time. I hold my head up a bit more and I, I'm trying to be less afraid and I'm trying to feel more like I deserve to be in the room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, it, I don't always feel that, but I'm doing the slight fake it till you make it. <laughs> what would you like to see happen next? Oh, God. Well, for the world? Well, well I mean, that is quite a vague <laughs> question, to be fair. I mean, just for, for you. I think I've learned such a lot about celebrating the small wins, you know, the, the, the tiny victories that to other people seem like nothing but to you it can be seismic you know tiny things with with my baby especially that I was so frightened in the beginning and so terrified of everything and now when I do things in a blase way I think wow look how far I look how far I've come and so it's it's little things I'm just I try and celebrate the small wins so um I don't want to be too I don't want to be too grand but I just you know I love my job I want to keep finding parts and projects that that are funny and heartbreaking and uh, I want to be a good mother to my son and I want to keep living in Wales and I just want the world to start heading. I mean, I, it is slightly, we are heading out of that pandemic into a slight, slightly more normalcy, but um, yeah, just for the things to settle down a bit. And would you, and I'm only asking this personally because I'd like to know rather than any <laughs> question, but would you ever do a Fresh Meat revival? I mean, we would in a heartbeat because we they would basically be paying us to spend time together, which would be literally the most ideal job in the world. I mean, we I remember when we were finishing or like a year after we finished, we did we kept floating this idea of, oh, what if the six of them go to Amsterdam? you know, for the weekend or something like that, because we basically wanted them to pay us to go to Amsterdam and uh, drink drink wine. And maybe they could throw in some free dungarees as well. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny. I paid my dues. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, we probably would just out of pure because we'd get to spend the time filming together and we'd be getting paid for it and we'd get to work with the most incredible writers and directors again. I understand why Sam and Jesse are reticent about it. I think it has to be, it has to be right. It can't be naff. Do you know what I mean? I think the, the, the worst disservice we could do to like true fresh meat fans is come back with some, I don't know, beige. Yeah. Beige really like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, like a beige reunion, you know. It kind of um, we'd have to we'd have to go for it or not at all. Um, And at the moment, it's not at all. But um, yeah, I mean, I would. Well, I can't wait to see if that happens or not. I mean, fingers crossed. (laughs) I mean, we'll start the hashtag now: Fresh Meat Reunion. See what happens. You never know. Get it going. Um, But uh, Kim, thank you so much for having a chat with me. I cannot wait to see what you do next. uh, And from all of us, Steel Come Vow. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of In the Spotlight. For more TV and showbiz news, subscribe to our newsletter on walesonline.co.uk. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. Music